this is Leah, and welcome to this week's Hashtag for Paris podcast. It is wonderful that you could join us for this week's teaching. I'll explain a little bit more about who we are at the end, but for now, let's jump right in. So this week as we begin, I want to start with a question, and I'm assuming that this person will come to mind fairly quickly. Uh, maybe you want to talk a little bit about it, or maybe just even pause the, the video for a moment. But here's the question. Name someone who's had a significant impact in your life. Could be a teacher, could be a coach, could be a family member, could be a spouse, could be a friend. I don't know, but think of someone. Now, obviously, I have no idea who that person is, but I'm going to venture out and say this, that this is someone that you know more than just some of the fringe details about. This is someone who has encountered you in a personal way and has made an impact. It's someone that you've known more than just about, you know, when they're born or maybe when they died or just some other details. You knew them and they knew you. The reason I'm asking this question is we're beginning a new series for the next 13 weeks. It's going to lead us up to Easter. And it's a series around who is Jesus. Now, I think for, for some of you, maybe many of you, maybe a number of us, we land in a place where we may know things about Jesus. We may know the details about his life, about his death, and we may know some of his teachings and maybe some of his miracles. But have you really had a personal encounter with him? And so for the next number of weeks, we're going we're gonna to take a live look in through the Gospel of Mark to see who is Jesus and, and what can this begin to mean for us in the midst of life. Because one of the great promises that Jesus gives to us is that he gives us the promise of abundance, of a life truly worth living. And, and just kind of knowing some of the fringe details of Jesus isn't really going to cut it. And so I'm excited about this series. I'm excited because as a church, our goal is to lead people to Jesus. Why? Not so that you know a few more details about him or where you can find him in the Bible, but because Jesus is the one who brings transformation and abundance in life. And so, and so this is a series where, where we want to introduce or reintroduce you to who Jesus is. And the place we're going to turn is the Gospel of Mark. There's, there's four Gospels in the New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And we're going to turn to the Gospel of Mark. Um, it's, it's 16 chapters. Um, and and, and it's, it's essentially Mark who was a very close personal friend, colleague of a guy by the name of Peter. Now, now Peter was one of the great leaders of the early church. He was a disciple of Jesus. And so what we see in the Gospel of Mark is essentially Mark compiling the teaching and the preaching of Peter to put together a greater representation of who Jesus is. Now, I'm, I'm, I'm going to ask you to, to maybe consider, start to read the Gospel of Mark. It's 16 chapters. It takes about an hour and a half to read it from chapter 1 to chapter 16. But it's a chance for you to begin to take it in. You, you might want to read it a couple times over so that we, we get out of the place of just kind of knowing tidbits or sound bites about Jesus and begin to see the impact that he can make in your life because I know the impact he's made in my life. And so as we turn to the Gospel of Mark, today we're going to kind of look at just kind of a broader picture. Because I believe in the Gospel of Mark, Mark is, is really coming back to three critical questions. The questions are this, who is Jesus? Like seriously, who is Jesus? Second question is, then what does this mean? And then the third one is, well, what is my response to all of this? Ultimately, the question of Mark that, that he begins to ask is, who is Jesus? And, and this is an age-old question. If I were to ask you that right now, what would your answer be? For some, you'd be like, well, he's a teacher. 
or he was a great moral leader, or he was a, a faith healer, and, 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 or he was um, an exorcist. All of those things are, are true. Jesus did those things. But Mark is presenting this reality that in Jesus there was something more. And, and this is how he leads off. This is how he jumps in, not with some intro. He, he leads off in Mark 1, verse 1, with these words. He says, this is the good news about Jesus, the Messiah, the Son of God. It began just as the prophet Isaiah had written. Look, I am sending my messenger ahead of you, and he will prepare your way. He is a voice shouting in the wilderness, preparing the way of the Lord's coming. It's right there, Mark lands it with, who is Jesus? Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God. Of God. And then he quotes two prophets from the Old Testament, Isaiah and Malachi, two prophets who were speaking of the coming Messiah. You see, God's people were waiting for the Messiah, the one who would save God's people. And the rest of Mark begins to unpack not only is Jesus the Messiah, but what does that begin to mean? Which lands us with the second question. Like, like what does it mean for, for Jesus to be the Messiah? And here's where it gets interesting, because you start to see some confusion, even amongst those closest to Jesus. You see, for, 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 for many who were believing in the Messiah, the one that God was going to send, he was going to be almost like a political savior, the one who was going to come with power and authority and overthrow the Roman government and, 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 and reestablish the nation of Israel. And so people thought, if I get close to Jesus, then I'll have a position of power. I'll have a position of authority. I want to get in there. But as you see what Mark does, you begin to see that this was not the Messiah that Jesus was to become. That Jesus actually becomes the suffering servant. That that Jesus came not to be served, but to serve. And what you start to see is that Jesus is presenting the upside down kingdom of God. Not, Not the expectation of the people, not the expectation of the religious leaders, but what was most needed and necessary for the world. Essentially, Jesus was the light of the world. He was the one that was stepping into the darkness in order to bring healing to the brokenness. And this is what we see Mark painting beautifully for us, even in the very first chapter. We see how Jesus brings light into the darkness to to bring healing to the brokenness of this physical world. We we see right off the hop that that Jesus, in chapter 1, begins healing people from physical afflictions. Peter's mother-in-law. The, the town begins to gather and bringing their sick to him. Then, then we see how Jesus heals a man with leprosy. But there's a second element. Jesus not only heals the, 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 the brokenness of this physical world, but, but he also deals with the darkness of, of, of the psychological brokenness as well. We see in chapter 1, Jesus heals a man who's possessed by evil spirits. But then we get to the place that is, that is most critical, that is most crucial to the reality of Jesus as the Messiah, the Son of God is that Jesus is the one who brings healing to the spiritual brokenness that we have in life. That that because of our sin, there is a a separation between us and God. And as we see throughout the whole Old Testament, it's not about us living good. It's not about us simply following the rules. We needed something more. And the more is Jesus. The one who came, who who lived a perfect, sinless life, who who gave his life for our sake, and then who rose again. The one who brings ultimate forgiveness into this world. And this brought confusion. This brought anger. This brought a, a place where we land at the third question of, well, if Jesus is the Messiah, 
the Son of God, the one who's ultimately going to save the world, then the place where Mark lands us is, well, what is your response? What is your response to Jesus? And, and we see three typical responses in the Gospel of Mark. There were those that followed. There were those who recognized their need for Jesus and, and put their faith and belief and trust in him. There were those who were utterly confused. Some of those closest to Jesus, they, they just didn't quite get it. They, they, they had questions, they had uncertainties. And, 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 and so we see this place of confusion. And then there were those who outright rejected Jesus. They're the ones who not only didn't want to see their need for him, but they're the ones who plotted and condemned Jesus to death. And in many ways, that's what the gospel of Mark is all about. Asking these three questions. Who is Jesus? What does it mean for him to be the Messiah? And then ultimately, what is your response? The final place I want to land here today is just an understanding what it is that Jesus wants from us. Because what he desired 2,000 years ago hasn't changed for you and me here today. In Mark chapter 1, verses 15, this is what we read. This is what Jesus says. He says, the time promised by God has come at last. The kingdom of God is near. Repent and believe the good news. Then one day, as Jesus was walking along the shore of the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and his brother Andrew throwing a net into the water, for they fished for a living. Jesus called out to them, come and follow me. What does Jesus want? It's right there. He, he doesn't want us simply to know more about him. He, he doesn't want us simply to know the details around his life. He wants us to choose to follow him, to, to choose to enter into a relationship with him. He, he uses this rather interesting language. He says, I want you to repent and believe. Now, now for some of you may think, ah, that's kind of churchy word, repent, repent. What does it mean? Repent is actually a directional word. Repent is something you say when someone is going in the wrong direction, and you not only want them to acknowledge that, but you want them to stop, to change course, and to go in the right way. And so for imagine you're out for a drive with someone, and you know they're lost, they know they're lost, GPS knows they're lost. You don't just want to simply tell them, turn around, turn around, or you're going the wrong way. If you, if you really want to get their attention, say, repent, repent. Essentially, stop what you're doing and go in a different direction. That, that's what Jesus says. When, when he says, repent, for the kingdom of God is now, he's saying the direction you've been going is, is not the direction that leads to life. Stop where you're going, turn and follow me. And so maybe we need to repent of trying to live life on our own, trying to keep Jesus on the fringes and just figure it out. Maybe, maybe we need to repent of a life of legalism where we thought, if I just follow all the rules, if I just become a good person, then that will be good enough to get in. Maybe we need to repent of the fact that we, we just haven't even thought much about Jesus at all. It's a decision to turn and follow him. But then Jesus says, I want you to repent and believe. Now, now belief begins with this idea of, of an intellectual understanding. But, but Jesus isn't asking us, just simply believe that I existed. Believe that I lived. Believe that I died. Believe that I rose again. No, it starts there. No, it's a sense of belief of, do you believe you have a need for me? 
Like, like for example, I have a bottle of ibuprofen. Now, if I say, do you believe in ibuprofen? I'm not asking you, do you believe it exists? Because you know you do, but rather, do you believe that it will work for you? That if you have a headache or you have aches and pains, that if you take these tablets, they will make a difference in your life. The same thing is true when it comes to Jesus. When Jesus says, repent and believe, he's not saying just simply believe in me, but rather, do you believe that I can make a difference in your life? And then finally, Jesus says, follow me. Allow me to be the one who leads you in all of life. That's what we begin to see through the gospel of Mark. That that, that Mark paints this beautiful picture of who is Jesus. If he's the Messiah, then what does it mean? And then ultimately, what is our response? But today, today, as we as we wrap up and we, we just continue to work through the, the gospel of Mark in the next number of weeks, I, I want to leave you with a question. And don't answer it as to where you'd like to be or where you think you should be. Answer the question where you are today. Here's a question. What is your response to Jesus? What's your response to Jesus? You know, for, for some of you, you have made the decision to follow him. But let me push you a little bit. Have you repented? Have you changed the direction of your life and said, Jesus, I'm going to follow you in everything when it comes to the decisions I make, when it comes to uh, the use of my resources, when it comes to how people have responded to me and my relationships? Like when you say you follow Jesus and you believe in Jesus, do do you simply believe he exists? Or do you believe he can make a difference in your life? This series, I believe and I hope, will allow you to take steps of faith where your belief in Jesus shapes and informs your life. That your belief begins to shape your behavior. For others, you may be in the camp of, you know what, I'm not not so sure. I'm not so sure what I believe about Jesus. I, 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 I'm not so sure, you know, if Jesus is the Messiah and what that means for me. Let me just say this. Would, would you lean in to your uncertainty? Would you be like the so many people we're going to meet in the Gospel of Mark who were unsure about Jesus, even those that were closest to him? Like, listen, his disciples didn't figure out on day one. It took years for them to realize not only who Jesus was, but what it would mean for their life. And so lean into your questions. And maybe you have questions that, that aren't going to be answered in this series. Then, then fire me an email. The very end of this series is going to be live Q&A, where I'm going to take your questions, questions that, that maybe you're still wrestling with, because ultimately what we want to see is our questions leading us closer and closer to Jesus. And then maybe there's some of you that are ready to reject Jesus, that you've heard some or maybe you've heard enough and you're ready to walk away. Can I, can I push in a little bit on that and ask, are you rejecting Jesus? Are you rejecting Jesus because of those people who have claimed to be followers of him and believed in him have caused hurt and harm to you or others? Can can I make an ask? Would you be willing to journey with us for the next two months, 13 weeks? It, It may seem like a big ask, but but come with your skepticism. Come with your questions. Come with your hurt. And 
and begin to meet who Jesus really is. Because let me ask you, what, what do you have to lose? If, if I'm wrong about all this, if at the end of 13 weeks, then all you've lost is, is 13 weeks. And, and at least you've ventured in. But if I'm right, then this could change your life forever. This, this could be the place where it could bring ultimate hope and peace and give you a greater sense of purpose. Because maybe if you're being real honest, you're, you're looking for hope. You're yearning for purpose. You're, you've, you've tried it on your own and it hasn't quite matched up. And so would you join us? Would you begin to see who is Jesus? Listen, regardless of where you land on this spectrum, will you join us next week to, to begin to take your next step to, to see not only who Jesus is, but what that can mean in your life? Next number of days, why not take up a Bible? If you don't have a Bible, send me an email. I'll get you a Bible. And, and, and then start reading through the Gospel of Mark and, and look at it through fresh eyes to see who Jesus is, what it means for him to be the Messiah, the one who brings light into darkness, the one who brings healing into your brokenness, the one who can bring abundance into your life today. Let's pray together. And so, Lord Jesus, as we continue to work through Mark, as we continue to look ultimately to you, I pray for those that are watching, wherever they may be, those that believe, those that are confused, those that are downright ready to walk away. May they today experience an encounter with you. May they know your peace or be filled with your strength so that we together together can experience this abundant life that Jesus only you can offer. For we ask it in your name. Amen. And so now may the blessing and the love of God Almighty, the grace and the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ, and the peace and the comfort of the Holy Spirit be with you today and in all of your tomorrows. Amen. today. We hope that you were encouraged by what you just heard. Just so you know a little bit more about who we are, hashtag for Paris, our church is about creating a culture that shows people that we are for them and for our local community. Jesus invites us to experience a meaningful life with him and others. So we meet every Sunday morning in person at the Paris Presbyterian Church at 1030 a.m. and throughout the week in various home groups and pubs here in Paris. It is here that we experience authentic relationships and we grow deep in our faith journeys together. If you would like to connect with us further, you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. And it is here that you can find links to any of our other audio and video podcasts, sermons, and you can track with what's happening with us each month. Please go straight to our website for more information now about our home groups and how you can get involved. Our website is parispresb.ca. Yes, that's right, parispresb, P-R-E-S-B dot C-A. And it's there that you can share our links with your friends, family, and neighbors. Uh, We have friends from around the world who connect in with us online on a regular basis. And so lastly, please feel 
free to email me and get connected directly. I would love to chat with you. My email is leah at parispres.ca and I'll get back, right back to you. So that's all we have for now. Thanks again for joining and we'll see you again next week. Bye for now, everyone.